This is the Todd Vino Show on News 95.7. Time now for Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership. Brought to you by Clinton Wilkins Mortgage Team. All right, it's that time of the week. It's Financial Literacy Month. Therefore, Clinton Wilkins is in the house. I don't know. I have your mic on. I don't know. Yeah, you do have that. You did that that time, right, Katie? Throwing Katie under the bus. Oh, well, we we love Katie. We do, but I screwed it up every time, and this is the one time I got your mic on, and she didn't have it on. You know what? It happens. But guess what? Yeah. It's Saturday, and it's Financial Literacy Month. What better place would we rather be than here on News 95.7? Exactly. So you are, for for those who don't know, and I can't imagine anybody doesn't know who you are at this point, but tell everybody who you are and what you do. I'm Clinton Wilkins, mortgage broker extraordinaire here in Halifax. Our yes. office is located in downtown Dartmouth, and we mm-hmm. serve all of you know Halifax, Nova Scotia, Atlantic Canada, and we've uh, actually moved people across the country. So, you know, there's lots of... Uh, Interesting things. What do you and mean you've moved people across the country? We've uh, you have a done, moving company as well. We, a, we don't have a moving company, but we certainly do have a mortgage brokerage, <laughs> and uh, uh, we certainly have clients that have uh, lived here that have moved, you know, really across the country. We've done mortgages in every province, right? So there's so many things to talk about when it comes to mortgages. Actually, I saw a news story today, and we're going to talk about, of course, self-employment. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, what we really, really want to do is hear from people who are in the midst of perhaps remortgaging looking at getting a house, if they're self-employed, they don't know if they've got enough income, any type of question that you have, Clinton is here and he would love to answer that question. And the way that you get a hold of us is by dialing 902-405-6000. Again, give us a call at 902-405-6000 or 877-801-8255 if, in fact, you are in the situation where you need mortgage advice. And Clinton... Uh, you wanted to talk uh, in Financial Literacy Month about self-employment. I would assume that this is probably one of the more challenging aspects of your job, is it? I would say that self-employment is definitely on the rise, specifically here in, in Halifax and in Nova Scotia. We have a lot of self-employed people, and more and more Canadians are becoming self-employed every day. Mm-hmm. And I'm self-employed, so I know what the struggles are. The struggles are real. We all know that. Yeah. And there's so many different types of self-employment out there, and I think that's what makes it so interesting for me because every file is like a snowflake. It's different. And really around self-employment, um, I know a lot of self-employed people that have had a challenging time getting a mortgage whether it's at their institution or somewhere else. And we're really here to hold people's hand because the mortgage is really made up of uh, credit and assets. But a big piece of that is the income. Mm-hmm. And, we, and we all know when we're self-employed, we want to claim as little net income as we can because no one wants to pay income tax. Mm-hmm. But the challenge is if you don't have the income on paper, you may have to pay a higher rate. And really, what would you rather do? Would you rather pay more income tax or would you rather pay a slightly higher rate? Well, in, in, the, end, in the end, you got to... You have to report your income anyway, right? You have to report your income. And, you know, at the end of the day, we really do look at that income and we look at every possible way to get people approved. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of solutions out there that, you know, clients can get approved in the normal bank channel when they're self-employed. Right. You know, if you own a a corporation, we can do a, a percentage of the net income of the corporation and add that back to your income. You know, if you're a sole proprietor, maybe we can gross up your income. Mm-hmm. Um, and if neither of those things work, there are, all, are alternative, you know, measures. There are stated income programs that we certainly look at, you know, when you're buying a home. And maybe if you do need to refinance, there are alternative channels. Now, with an alternative channel, you might pay a little bit more 
typically we look at the rate is usually about one or 2% more than a normal client would pay. Mm-hmm. But that's the cost of doing business if you're not going to claim the, the income on your right. own. Right. Okay. So 902-405-6000-877-801-8255. We have our first caller. It is Giles. Giles, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm well. Go ahead with your question. Uh, so my uh, mortgage is up for renewal next year. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if I should lock it in or go variable. I think that's a great question. Very hot topic right now and very, very appropriate. Uh, Historically, people do better in a variable rate product. So if we look at, you know, over the last 25 years, people have done better in a variable. Right now, in a fixed rate, it's lower. So we're a little bit in an odd time where the fixed rates are lower than the variable. But the economists are projecting that through into 2020 that the prime rate may go down. So... You know, if you're willing to roll the dice, I think variable will be better, but you need to weather a little bit of the storm. So hopefully that helps. Everybody's situation is different. There's been a couple news articles actually this week where clients have had extraordinarily large penalties breaking a fixed rate product. Mm -hmm. And a fixed rate isn't for everyone. A lot of consumers will break their term early. A lot of things change in people's lives, you know, matrimonial breakdown, health issues, relocation and sometimes you just don't know if you're going to break your mortgage with a variable rate you're guaranteed that your penalty is only going to be three months interest is that for every lender by the way every lender that's that's the the law of the land that's the law of the land in terms of a variable rate product in a fixed rate you're either going to pay three months interest or an interest rate differential which is ever higher Mm -hmm. and the banks are just like the casinos they never lose that's right giles does that answer your question or do you have anything else you need to know uh, no, that's it. Uh, I guess my no, my next question was if I go variable, and because uh, I always go back and say I want to lock in for a fixed rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great point too. Uh, anytime you have a variable rate mortgage, you can lock it into a fix with no penalty. You can lock it in anytime. And coming to an unbiased mortgage professional like me, we keep an eye on uh, on the rates, and all our variable rate clients actually get an email from me every time the Bank of Canada meets. So I just give them a little bit of our perspective. We can give them a little bit of news, and we actually monitor their rate and what their spread is and make recommendations throughout the term. So you know, if you're willing to try variable, I think coming to an unbiased mortgage professional, someone who's going to hold your hand during that term is certainly valuable. Does that work for you, Giles? Perfect. Thank you very okay, much. Okay, thanks a lot. 902-405-6000 or 877-801-8255. Those are the numbers to reach us for calls for Clinton. Again, 902-405-6000 or 877-801-8255. Back to the uh, people uh, who are self-employed. Mm-hmm. Is there a, a certain amount of time that you... you it, when all is said and done, you have to have a sample size of income, right? Exactly. Well, you can't just go into business and, and expect to get a mortgage. or maybe you If you're going to be self-employed for one day, yes. let's say that you're working for an employer, you're self-employed for one day, there are alternative lenders that will look at your situation with one day self-employed. But that means you're likely going to pay a higher rate because the mortgage is really made up of income, assets, and credit. And if one of those things are going to be lacking, mm-hmm. you need to go through an alternative sur- source. And it may not be an alternative source forever, but maybe it's one or two years at a higher rate. And then we can get you into a more traditional product. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we love alternative lending because oftentimes we're able to help people that might not be able to be helped otherwise. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a little bit of a misconception out there around mortgage brokers that it's the last option. 
I think it's the first option because right. we have access to about 40 different lenders and we can look at everyone's situation and figure out what the best deal is. We deal with bank lenders every day. Mm-hmm. There's bank lenders of the big five that I do tons and tons of business with and we have a great you know, relationship with those lenders. Mm-hmm. But not everybody's situation is necessarily going to fit that and not and the bank lenders aren't always the cheapest either mm-hmm. in terms of even a, a normal product. So I think looking at every situation individually is important. What about seasonal workers? Seasonal workers do seasonal workers all the time. Yeah. Um, whether you're self-employed or whether you're a seasonal worker or whether you're you know employed with any type of employer that has a variable income, we love looking at a two-year average because then the lenders really know kind of what your average income is going to be. There's lots of employees out there that have a base salary, but a large portion of their income is a bonus, car allowance, commission, and those type of um, you know borrowers, we really need to look at two full tax years. So we'll average their T4s mm-hmm. or average their tax returns and figure out what their average income looks like, and that's the income that we'll use in that mortgage application. What percent of people, or not percent, but how often does it happen that you have somebody who comes to you and and they they've not had success other places and you've and you've managed to find them a, a mortgage with you mentioned you got forty lenders whatever the number is you know what how I, often does that happen I get calls all the time like we had a call on Friday that someone's house was actually closing and their bank lender pulled out last minute because they didn't like something with their application mm-hmm. I get those calls. You know, it's a lot easier for me to mitigate some of these challenges if, you know, obviously if we see the client up front or the more time, the better. The average time from a client coming to see me to funding is around two months. That's average. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can turn it around in a week or 10 days, but to funding to funding. Yeah. yeah. So we can we can certainly turn it around quickly, but obviously the more time, the better. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of times that we've seen. Uh, borrowers declined by one lender that were able to get approved with another lender because every lender is different. At the end of the day, they're all federally regulated. Mm-hmm. Everybody's playing by the same rules. But, you know, the flavor's different from lender to lender. And, you know, some of them have different products that you might be able to work with. And, you know, we're able to look at the income assets and credit and figure out where that can best fit to get the best solution for you and your household. Okay. Again, mortgage-related questions. You could be in the midst of remortgaging. You might be buying a house. Maybe you've got some a deal already in the works. Uh, perhaps you want questions about. And yet, would you look at other? Like, if somebody has a deal that's not been funded yet, would you I have a look at that? I think a second opinion is so so valuable. Right. And, and know, no charge for that either. No, right? mortgage brokers are one of the only things in life that's free. Right. And you know, we see clients all the time that maybe have had a pre-approval with another lender. Um, and maybe it's just not the right fit, and that's okay. Um, I really do think that it's the biggest purchase of your life, and the mortgage is the biggest debt of your life mm-hmm. as well, and I think getting that expert advice is so, so valuable. Okay, we've got Clinton until the bottom of the hour, so now's your opportunity to give us a buzz, 902-405-6000 or 877-801-8255. We'll continue with Mortgage Talk when we come back. All right, Mortgage 101 continues with our mortgage guru, Clinton Wilkins, in the house, and we want to take your calls. We have Clinton's valuable, valuable experience and time till the bottom of the hour, 902-405-6000 or 877-801-8255. That's the way to reach us. Again, 902-405-6000. Shirley has given us a call. Shirley, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. What's your question for Clinton? I want to know about getting a mortgage after bankruptcy, what are your options? It happens all the time. And, 
you know, I think certainly after the recession, there were certainly more bankruptcies and consumer proposals, you know, specifically here in the land of Canada. And it's really around reestablishing the credit. It's so important. If there was a house lost in bankruptcy or a foreclosure, typically you have to wait out that bankruptcy. So you have to wait for the bankruptcy to come off that credit bureau because lenders don't want to give you another mortgage if there was issues with the mortgage before. But if the bankruptcy was just including consumer debt, um, you know, ta- CRA taxes, that's certainly doable. Typically, the rule of thumb to get reestablished is two years with two new pieces of credit and a minimum high limit of $2,000. And we want to make sure that you're using the credit and paying it. So it's really about having 100% clean credit after the discharge piece and getting that reestablished credit. So you can qualify again for as little as 5% down if you have that reestablished credit. Some consumers want to get a, a mortgage directly after the bankruptcy is discharged. And in that type of case, we'd have to go to an alternative lender. So you might need 20, 25, 35% down, mm-hmm. and it would be a higher interest rate, but there's certainly solutions. And some consumers actually carry their house through the bankruptcy. Right. Maybe there's not a lot of equity in the house. And you can do that, you right? You can certainly do that. Yeah. And there can be options for financing after the bankruptcy. Um, typically, the cost is higher until you have the appropriate amount of reestablished credit. Hopefully, that answers your question. Does that answer your question, Shirley? So, you were talking about two years of the higher interest. Can you just like rewrite the mortgage after the two years after you've established Yeah, so if you have to get an alternative mortgage, uh, you can certainly get reestablished. Once the credit's reestablished, then we can certainly move you to a more traditional lender. That's certainly doable. And we actually see that all the time. You know, I think a big part of our job is around coaching, and we do a lot of uh, helping people reestablish their credit. And typically what we do is we also look at the credit bureau. We look at Equifax, and we get the consumers to look at their TransUnion report and to make sure everything is updated correctly. Notoriously, after bankruptcy or consumer proposal, there's issues on people's credit bureaus that need to be corrected. Mm-hmm. So it just gives people a little bit of time right. uh, to make that happen. So it's certainly something that we look at. Every file in this type of case is a case-by-case basis. I mean, all mortgage lendings like that, um, but certainly with the bankruptcy, we need to know kind of what the reason was of the bankruptcy. We want to see what creditors were included and the appropriate amount of reestablished credit once we get people back into the normal normal lenders. Typically, bank lenders will not lend to people after a bankruptcy until it comes off the credit bureau. But broker lenders have no problem with it because if you're buying a house and you're getting an insured mortgage, the insurer is really covering the risk of that lender. So as long as you have the appropriate reestablished credit, uh, certainly something we can certainly look at. Does that answer your question, Shirley? Oh, there's so many questions. What? Yeah, yeah, no, keep going. If you've got another one, make Hit sure us. yeah, we, that's we, right. we, we, we love them. See that's if you can this... see if you can stump me. Exactly. Oh, um, okay. So if you have over six hundred, I'm hearing that in Canada it should be easier to get a mortgage, but bankruptcy really determines that. Mm-hmm. Even if you have a six hundred plus. The score, exactly. So we certainly look at the score, and the score comes into play, but we need to read what's on the credit bureau. So we look and see the depth and the length and uh, how the payment history has been on that credit bureau. So sometimes there can be a low score, but the credit's actually pretty good. 
and sometimes there's a high score, but the credit's actually terrible. So, you know, there's false positives and false negatives out there, and I think that's why we can really look at that bureau and determine what the best path is forward. And there's certainly options out there for people after bankruptcy, so give us a shout. Or give an unbiased mortgage professional a shout. You know, I think that's really the best possible option after you've been through. Yeah, you can certainly check us out online at teamclinton.ca forward slash radio. Shirley, I would recommend at this point having to book an appointment with Clinton. I I should do that. You should do it. You absolutely should because then then you can sit across from him and and, uh, he can help answer these questions for you. That's what they do. Thank you for the call. Uh, Anything else, Shirley, by the way? No, that's great. Thank All you right. for your Thanks, Thanks okay. for calling. I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. But look, I think oftentimes people are, they have all this misinformation or they don't know and they and, and therefore they don't do anything. Inaction exactly. is and the problem, right? I think that's part of the problem. And yeah. I think that finance is one of those last taboos. Right. I remember growing up that, you know, no one wanted to talk about money and you certainly didn't want to talk about your assets or your credit. And I think that even just the show, you know, we're breaking down some of those barriers. Mm -hmm. You need to have the conversations. I see couples all the time. They don't want to talk about even what they owe. That's because some of them might not know with each other. They 100% do not know. And I think that you need to break down those barriers. I think, you know, having once a month, have a little budget Mm -hmm. powwow and talk about what you owe because... If you're in a partnership in life, you should be in a partnership of your finances exactly. as well. So we've got a few minutes left, 902-405-6000 or 877-801-8255. We could sneak in a couple of calls. Again, 902-405-6000. So if somebody goes through a bankruptcy, they maintain, they keep their house. Yes, that is possible, depending okay. on how much equity that they have. What, whatever, they keep mm-hmm. their house. So mm-hmm. it's one of the major lenders, yes. and, and their mortgage renews. It could renew into a higher rate because a lot of lenders do look at the credit. They do on, on renewal? renewal? On the do renewal. Do all of them? or what's Not the... necessarily everyone. And I guess okay. it really depends on how the payment history has been on the mortgage. Right. If the mortgage was always paid on time, mm-hmm. you should be offered and, a fair renewal. And you don't owe that particular institution any money on an outstanding career. You didn't exactly. burn them in the... If you didn't burn them, you may right. be okay. I'm not saying right. that you will absolutely be hit with a higher rate. Right. Or, uh, but they'll offer you renewal. Right. They will offer you renewal. Should you disclose it to them? I think that at the end of the day, it really depends on, um, they may get a notification anyway, because if it's a debt carried through bankruptcy, the trustee certainly has regulations, Mm -hmm. uh, and they're provincially regulated. So, right. so you didn't answer the question. I don't. The question is, I am. I do not know. So, I think that would be more a question for a, a bankruptcy trustee. Yeah. Okay. We kind of see people after that process. We usually don't see people, you know, uh, you know, either while they're in bankruptcy or prior. So, we usually see them after they've already been discharged. Right. Uh, you were. She was mentioned. So, if somebody goes into bankruptcy, it's suddenly they don't have to pay that huge amount of debt that mm-hmm. the, that they're paying on. They've got a number of you, so that's a good opportunity because you said sometimes you need twenty percent or whatever it will be. It that's be a good, great. That's a great opportunity to save some dough, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think that everybody deserves a second chance in life, mm-hmm. and don't just don't make the same mistake twice. Yeah. If you've um, been bankrupt once and you have to go bankrupt a second time, it actually stays on your credit bureau for fourteen years, so you're basically in purgatory. Right, right. So, in your experience, do people generally do that? Do they learn their lessons, or what's your what's your experience? I would been? say the bulk of the time, people learn their lessons, but you know, human nature. Yeah, that's right. Sometimes they don't. Right? Sometimes they don't. 
Okay, so for those who are listening and they like what you're saying and they want to meet with you, they want to talk to you, how could give everybody all the information, direct them to all things Team Clinton? Yes, I think the first step is visiting us online at teamclinton.ca forward slash radio. We're actually live today on our Facebook page, so right. if you're just tuning in at the end of this broadcast, you can certainly check us out on on Facebook. I think we've shared it to Todd's Facebook as we well. Have, yeah. You can certainly shoot us a message on Facebook. You can send us an email or give us a call. And, you know, even if it's a quick question, I think it's all about education. And, you know, we certainly want to share as much knowledge as we can with consumers because I think that knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. Buying a home is the biggest purchase of your life and getting a mortgage is the biggest debt. So I think certainly getting into the best product is super important. And everybody's situation is different. It doesn't matter if you're self-employed. You know, self-employed people, yeah, I do think it sometimes is a little bit more challenging, but there's lots of options out there. Personally, I think self-employed people are great. I'm Mm self-employed. I think it's actually less risky because guess what? If I need to make some extra money, I can just work harder. Right. And you control your... I control my your, destiny. Your destiny. You, you know, can't get fired. No. Well, I can. I could fire myself, but I don't think that would be very fun. <laughs> but just like Todd, you think about your situation. You're on yeah. a salary. You have a fixed income. I do. Yeah. So if you need some more money, you just have to wait. That's right. Or I could just tell Rod. I could. I could play hardball with Rogers. What do you think? Maybe I don't know. You'll have to talk to your agent, <laughs> your, your your PR people, and your handler. Maybe they can talk to Rogers for you. But I think when you're self-employed, you can certainly work harder, and I think that actually provides less risk. I really do like people that are self-employed, and I would say a good percentage of our business, probably about 30%, are self-employed, just because I think that those self-employed files are a little bit more complicated, and I think that the normal bank branches are getting away from doing some of those more complicated files. There's less and less mortgages being done in the branch, and more and more being done in our channel. When I first started 13 years ago, about 60% of mortgages were still being done in a branch. And I just heard a stat the other day, first-time home buyers, it's less than 10% are going to the branch. So I think consumers are getting more and more educated, and they understand it's challenging. Clinton, thank you so much for coming in. You're in again next uh, week because this is financial literacy. I'll be in next week. And just to give a little shout-out, we're going to be doing a live stream on Thursday. We're going to do an hour powwow. Mm -hmm. From your office. From my office, and Todd is going to host it. So we're going to have lots of information around self-employed. So certainly shoot us a message or Mm -hmm. shoot Todd a message, and uh, uh, we're really going to drill deep into some of these questions. Okay, excellent. Clinton Wilkins, our mortgage guru, and he'll be back next week. We'll take a break.